welcome to the latest MPFT podcast. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on the transformation on the community mental health care in South Staffordshire. My name is Lisa Williams and joining me for this chat today are... Hi, I'm Mark Hardwell. I'm one of the co-chairs of the Rehabilitation Pathway as part of the transformation. Hi, and I'm Sue Unwin, and I'm the other co-chair for the Rehabilitation Pathway. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. So we are focusing on community rehabilitation and how the transformation will improve these services in this podcast today. So if that's okay, I'll go to you first, Mark, for the first question. So, Mark, can you talk about what community rehabilitation is? Uh, thanks, Lisa. Yes, yeah, so um, community rehabilitation um, is an offer to people with significant mental health issues um, to ensure that um, we can build upon the core support they get to manage their uh, mental health issues, um, reflecting the fact that each and every person is an individual and promote a more holistic um, approach to the care and support we provide. Um, and this is very much predicated on um, recognising every person has got their unique aspects of how they're experiencing their condition and it's thinking in ways that are slightly different. So it's thinking about what matters to the person as opposed to what is the matter with the person. Um, and so in the broadest sense, it, it's being able to provide a framework to support people who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to manage their own personal recovery after or during um, a significant mental health episode. Um, and it's providing that additional support, much more from a educational training and coaching aspect to enable that person to um, be able to identify what is clearly their own personal goals. And those can be very different for different people. And then using the skills of um, key workers trained to be able to make the appropriate connections and work alongside people to ensure they get the support that over time, either short term or longer term, will help them to achieve what is important to them and hopefully that they can then continue their life despite what they may experience with their mental health issues and have as valued experience as possible as they um, manage to establish those things that are important to them and matter. Thanks, Mark. And Sue, why is community rehabilitation identified as an area of specific focus as part of this transformation? Hi, thanks, Lisa. Um, I think over the years there's been there's been gr some great practice, but unfortunately, for a lot of people with significant mental health problems, what they found is sometimes that their needs haven't all been addressed. And what we're hoping with the transformation is that a lot of that good practice can be pulled together, and there's going to be a lot more joined up working with the voluntary sector, the local authority, so we can all pull together. Because what we recognise is these these people with significant mental health problems need that extra support to. Have help them to achieve their goals in life and to help them to move forward in, in their recovery, really. So it's 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 about helping people that we recognise have perhaps not had the, the level of support that they've had in, that they need in the past. Thanks, Sue. And Mark, what are your thoughts on this? 
Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Um, and that's really well said, um, Sue. And, and I think we can't forget that many people have dedicated their, their lives and their careers to supporting people with significant mental health issues. Um, and so it's not to say that what's been done in the past um, didn't always work, but I think it's really important to see that um, we need to be better coordinated and we need to be clear about what that offer is. And I think importantly, there is some additional investment in these services. So when you're looking at investment, it does become clear that we can focus on those things that make the biggest difference for the individual. So as Sue said, pulling um, and coordinating that level of support is, is really welcome as part of the overall community offer. Thanks, Mark. So the next question will go to Sue. So Sue, can you tell us how will the delivery of these services change as a result of the transformation? Thanks, Lisa. I think what, what the main change that we will see is there will be a lot more of a coordinated approach. There's going to be a lot more joined up working. What I think is really fantastic about this transformation work is that the involvement of all of the voluntary sector, uh, the local authority, charities, and we're all trying to work together to pull together so that we can all deliver together this, this great service for people to help people in their recovery, really. And the biggest difference, I think, is that joined at work and there won't be the boundaries and the you know the bureaucratic bits that stop people being able to access services easily so i think that what 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 i think people will find is is that they're able to access services a lot more smoothly and there is that joined up working and hopefully there'll be there'll be coaches that will be able to coordinate that and help the person to move forward in their recovery Thanks, Sue. So um, we'll go to Mark for the next question. So what changes can staff delivering services expect to see, Mark? Thanks, Lisa. Um, I think the changes that staff will see will be on two levels. I think the first level will be significant change in, in culture, behaviours and the way we are. Um, in supporting communities. So um, we'll be moving away from everything being about diagnosis and about treatment and embracing much more those other universal services and ways of supporting people that aren't necessarily driven by um, clinical expertise and medical interventions. And in some ways, I think a lot of people will find that really quite welcome because there have been gaps in the way that we provide support to folk. There's been too many boundaries it's been far too exclusive in as much as people have to meet a threshold or there are quite um, difficult referral pathways. So um, I think the expectation that staff will see is that um, there will be a, a change of emphasis. Um, and most of the staff that, that I know working in mental health for many years um, would really welcome this. Um, and I think there's, there's also something much more practical and um, what staff can expect. So that will be um, certainly additional opportunities that they can draw upon through enhanced care planning with the involvement, as, as Sue said, um, from others, whether it's voluntary sector or um, enhanced community assets. So they, they would be able to expect to see some greater increase in opportunities available for them as um, clinicians and practitioners to draw upon other aspects of how we support people. Um, and in doing so, obviously, we need to make sure that um, we have that coordinated response um, and multidisciplinary teams, but there will be that more inclusive approach to how we try and get the best for those that we serve. 
Thanks, Mark. So we've just got, got to our last question. So I'll come to both of you for this one, um, but I'll start with Sue first. So Sue, what changes and benefits can patients and carers expect to see as a result of this work? I think I think what people with significant mental health issues will see is that they will be getting a lot more support. There'll be a lot more of a coordinated approach and it will address their individual needs, really, um, whatever they are. Because if, as Mark has said very clearly, this is about people as individuals and looking at a holistic approach. So it isn't just, you know, when someone has got mental health issues, it isn't just the mental health that affects their life. It's everything else. It can be, you know, how they access social include you know the social inclusion how they go to you know access company friends it can be you know about debt recovery it can be about housing and all this is about us coordinating that and helping them access those services so that they can recover fully and they can move forward in their life really so I think the biggest difference that service users and carers will see is a lot more of a coordinated approach and a smoother transition through their recovery. Thanks, Sue. And Mark, what changes and benefits can patients and carers expect to see? Um, I think for, for me that um, they they will experience something that's a little bit different to what they may be used to. There won't be any need to justify why a person may need support. And um, there will be that recognition that individuals, you know, will identify and support from colleagues in identifying that they can benefit from particular interventions and support. And, and that, that support will be feel more um, with people being alongside them, supporting them in, in order to achieve those goals. They will um, have the benefit of having a named person as part of all of the pathways and the developments. The ambition is that they won't be passed from pillar to post. So there should be a consistency of, of contact um, and communication. Um, and I think that they they hopefully will feel that they're in the centre of everything that we that we deliver. That they will be involved as much as they can be within those sort of decision making about what's going to be of greatest benefit to them. And I think with that um, opening up of an acceptance that what is important to people isn't necessarily whether the medication works or whether they get regular visits um, from a practitioner. Um, it can be very much about you know being able to maintain um, economic viability. So issues over debt, it can be about understanding, um, you know, support um, for housing issues. Um, and I think through that framework approach, when people are struggling with particular aspects, we'll have done the work to make sure that um, whatever support they need um, will be much more easily accessible. So we will enable them to uh, be able to contact, whether it's housing, local authority, or other support services. And we'll have done that work to raise awareness and to help people to understand how to navigate some of these um, situations. Because I don't know about you two, but um, even trying to talk to your bank nowadays um, can be really tricky um, with apps and the, and um, having to phone in, etc. So um, I think I think what the benefits will be that they will be able to navigate some of this stuff and a lot easier despite their um, mental health issues and that we will provide that framework 
and where necessary the workers to make sure that um, that we're working alongside them. Hopefully, obviously, we always want um, people to be the best they can be, despite their experience. So the ultimate benefit is what people will be able to manage much more independently. They will feel that their lives they value, they value their, what they do, they can achieve things like um, getting to, back to meaningful work, um, they can certainly have um, friendship groups and be involved in their communities. So it, it's a broad ambition, but it, it's a positive ambition and hopefully this pathway development co-produced with those people who experience and with the voluntary sector and with our practitioners and clinicians um, will mean that we can deliver the best we can. Thanks, Mark. So that's all from us for this MPFT Community Mental Health Transformation podcast. Thank you so much to our guests, Sue Unwin and Mark Hardwell. You've both been fantastic. And of course, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. You can listen back to our previous podcasts by searching for the MPFT podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and a range of other channels. 